WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 20th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today. Could see a pop-up shower. The high going to be 85 tonight, overnight, scattered thunderstorms, low 73. And then Friday, we're going to see some rain, thunderstorms too, the high 80. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 70 partly cloudy in Bardonia up in Rockland County, 68 partly cloudy in Bloomingdale down in New Jersey. And it is 71 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Uh, Sometimes you have these moments where you're like, life is okay for me when you hear someone else's story. And I had one of those moments for uh, this morning when I got into uh, a driver, picked me up to take me from uh, Jersey City here into uh, the Upper East Side where our studios are. And uh, sometimes, you know, uh, I'll drive myself. Sometimes when you go with a driver, you have conversations. Sometimes it's just nice and quiet. I can do either one. I'm fine. But this guy was talkative and wanted to tell me just about things going on with him. Anyway, the story he told, and I think, oh, it's just so crushing, is um, he was one of these standout baseball players in high school and then was a standout player uh, in college as well. And so good that the Pittsburgh Pirates had recruited him as a second baseman. And so he makes this is all on the 20 minute ride here into Midtown, uh, he makes it to the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is, you know, it's like one in a billion thing that you're going to make it into any pro sport. But he does as a second baseman. He's going to play for the Pirates. And uh, he is uh, driving from Ohio to Pittsburgh to training camp. Uh, or for a meeting with the players. I guess it wasn't training camp for a meeting with the players. This is before he's about to, you know, get on the field and sign a contract, do the whole thing, make some serious money. And the guy who's drunk goes through a red light and slams into his car and breaks both of his knees. I mean, you can't make this up. This kid, you know, he started playing baseball as a kid. His whole life he wanted to be a pro player. He made it happen, which is one in a billion chance of that happening. And some guy goes through a red light, smashes into his car, breaks both of his legs, and he never got to play. And here he is. He's driving me to work. And uh, he told me the rest of the story. But that was enough. And I sort of said, okay, you know, sometimes I get mad at certain things that are going on in my life. I got to sort of live out what I wanted to do from the time I was a kid. I wanted to be a radio. And here I am. And, boy, I feel fortunate. But when you hear stories like that, to get so close like that. But he said he wasn't bitter. It's been a, a number of years. But he says he thinks about it every single day. I bet he does. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Get ready to dig deeper to ride the rails. An escort telling her story of facing off against the alleged Gilgo Beach killer. So what did we learn from the IRS whistleblowers? There is no space left at the inn here in the city. And wait, you forgot what in the back of a cab? 
All right, let's get into it. 504, the MTA board voting to raise fares yesterday. We knew this was coming. They hold those hearings. They're kind of bogus where you and I get to speak out and say how we don't want fares to go up. And then they go ahead and they do it anyway. And that was the case here. Come Labor Day, subway bus fares for single rides going to rise $2.90. Monthly Metro part, uh, card's going to go up 5 bucks. Subway fares should be going down. They're dirty. They smell. So why should we keep paying? You want to keep raising rates, but the service sucks. Some of the happy strap hangers there. Metro North LIRR fares will go up a little more than 4%. Bridges and tunnel tolls, they're going to go up as well, the MTA says it has no choice, and they pointed to the fact that the last fare increase was back in 2019. MTA Chair Jana Lieber defending the agency's five-year budget, promising it's going to be balanced and that we're not going to be hit with any more fare hikes. We're not counting on complete elimination of work from home and hybrid work. We're making realistic projections of ridership. So this is what he claims. He says fair hikes will ensure a century-old system will continue running in good repair and that other parts can be brought up to the 21st century. That's what we're getting, is preserving the system where we're not dramatically increasing fares, which was what we were looking at uh, a year ago. Not dramatically cutting service, we're actually increasing service. State of good repair, which is a euphemism for making sure that our 100-plus-year-old subway and commuter rail system that wants to fall down to make sure it doesn't fall apart, That to maintain it in good working order. Of course, most workers don't pay attention to this until they see that they have to pay more, and come Labor Day, that'll be the case. I have no idea where it all goes into someone's pocket, maybe. They should look and see what they're really wasting the money on. Price is going up too much. Your paycheck is not increasing. Subway fares should be going down. They're dirty. They smell. So why? This price that you're paying out of my pocket that I worked so hard for. Um, It's just unfair. Lots of people saying that today. And uh, as that meeting was taking place, the MTA's Traffic Mobility Review Board starting to figure out exemptions for Manhattan's congestion pricing plan. The special advisor, Julia Mickelson, laying out a slew of options for drivers entering below Manhattan's 60th Street. Keep in mind that every discount and exemption, every time we give some drivers a break on the CBD toll, that will increase the toll rate for everybody else. Yeah, she's not talking about weed when she talks about CBD. She's talking about the Central Business District is what they call it. Uh, Nine to 23 bucks, that's the number that's been charged, thrown around as the toll that would be to go below 60th Street. More vehicles means more crashes. More traffic means slower ambulances, police cars, fire trucks. It takes longer to respond to emergencies. Yeah, she said that's part of the reason they want to clear out some of the cars. Toll breaks, that's what they're trying to figure out now. Who will get the break? Who won't have to pay? How much will certain people have to pay? Uh, people coming in from New Jersey, people coming in from Long Island, Staten Island. That money will be used to make dozens of stations ADA accessible, to buy hundreds of all-electric buses, new train cars, new subway cars, it will be used to expand the network, improve service. Yeah, they think uh, $15 billion for the capital plan will be raised from these tolls. And uh, lots of people angry, including the app-based drivers who say they don't want to pay anymore. Already, we are suffering. And to give us another fee on top of it, it's not only going to kill the business for the drivers. It's going to kill the business for the small owners as well. 
because the public won't want to come into the city. Yeah, well, a lot of people making that argument. WABC News Time 510. Let's go down to D.C. IRS whistleblowers accusing the Justice Department of improperly interfering in the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes. IRS investigator Gary Shapley leveling some serious charges yesterday. Prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walk steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Chapley says the DOJ refused to bring felony charges against the president's son, who recently reached a deal to plead guilty to two charges of misdemeanor tax evasion. Assigned prosecutors did not appear to follow the normal investigative process, slow walk the investigation, and put put in place unnecessary approvals and roadblocks from effectively and efficiently investigating the case. Chapley also claimed investigators not allowed to follow up leads that may have implicated Joe Biden in an alleged influence peddling scheme. IRS investigator Chapley saying Hunter Biden's investigation, he says, was a charade. The Justice Department allowed the president's political appointees to weigh in on whether they're charged the president's son. 511. President Biden announcing new actions to increase economic competition, reduce costs for Americans. Folks are tired of being played for suckers, and it's about basic fairness. Today, we're taking more action. The president having a meeting with his so-called competition council, laying out initiatives to crack down on anti-competitive practices in the food and agricultural sectors, as well as hidden junk fees in the rental housing market. Department of Agriculture and partners in the states are going to make large corporations making sure they cannot artificially raise food prices through price fixing and price gouging. The president went on to say that a capitalism without competition is exploitation. The president prioritizing doing away with junk fees in a range of industries. I mean, you do get hit with a lot of these junk fees. They're updating their websites to show renters all the hidden fees up front so you can know the full cost before they sign a lease. Capitalism without competition isn't capitalism. It's exploitation. All right, let's stay down in D.C., not too far away from the White House. Congressional Republicans continue to hammer the issue of illegal immigration. Hearing yesterday, former Texas DPS Captain Jason Jones urged the federal government to step up the fight against the drug cartels on the Mexican side of the border. If we do not designate these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, 100,000 Americans that we are losing year after year to date, is just the beginning. The head of the House Homeland Security Subcommittee, he's Tennessee's Mark Green, laying the blame at the feet of the Biden administration, citing the five and a half million illegal immigrant arrests since 2021. The reason they continue to escalate in hyperviolence and incapability is because if they don't, then their rivals could completely take them over. 513, the Senate Judiciary Committee going to vote today to advance a Supreme Court ethics bill following reports that justices accepted undisclosed gifts. Ranking member Lindsey Graham slammed Democrats for pushing the legislation, arguing it's unconstitutional. Graham said it's up to the Supreme Court to get their house in order. Texas Senator Ted Cruz said Democrats want to smear and delegitimize the court over recent high-profile decisions they disagree with. Democrats have been pressing the high court to adopt clearer ethics rules following reports that Justices Alito and Thomas accepted gifts from wealthy Republican donors and that the staff of Justice Sotomayor pushed schools to buy thousands of copies of her book.
I'm Mark Mayfield. 514, the White House says it's working for the release of that U.S. soldier who seemed to voluntarily cross into North Korea on his own this week. The White House, Department of Defense, the State Department and the U.N. are all continuing to work uh, together on this matter. It's an awfully strange story, no? Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the Biden administration's actively working to make sure the 23-year-old Army Private Travis King will return safely. Apparently, he had been in jail for some sort of incident in South Korea, uh, had gotten out recently, then met up with a tour group uh, that then gave him the opportunity to cross into North Korea. So clearly it seems he wanted to go there. I don't know what he was looking for. We are still gathering all the facts. Uh, It is still very early on. It might take us a little bit of time to ascertain all of that information. Yeah, for sure they're scratching their head at the White House. King is in North Korean custody. Uh, They say uh, they don't know how long it'll take him to get out, get him out of there. The administration has and will uh, continue to actively work to ensure his safety and the return of uh, Private King. Yeah, we don't have much relations with North Korea. It might be difficult to do. That's the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, there. 515, let's head over to the 77 WEBC Sports Desk. Happy Friday Eve. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning to you, Noam Layden. Happy Friday Eve as well. Start with the Mets here. Your winners on the night. They get a little momentum going in the form of a three-game winning streak after last night's 5-1 to win at home over the Chicago White Sox. Brett Beatty opened the scoring for New York with his second home run in as many nights coming in the third inning. And he drives this one to center field. That's well hit. Back goes Robert to the warning track at the wall. It's out of here. Brett Beatty homers in back-to-back games. The first hit in this game is a Beatty home run, and the Mets lead it 1-0. That call courtesy of SNY. The Mets wouldn't need much more with the way Justin Verlander was throwing the big right-hander, registering a line of eight very strong innings, allowing just one earned run on three hits. The Mets will try and complete the three-game sweep in this afternoon's finale with Chicago, set for a 1-10 p.m. first pitch. Jose Quintana will take the hill against Chicago's Michael Kopech. Uh, now for the Yankees, who continue to produce just an inferior on-field product, getting swept by the Angels in Anaheim after their 7-3 loss in the finale last night. Did not predict it yesterday, no, that they would go out there and get swept today. You did. I did. I did, didn't I? And you they... are a uh, like a sports Notre Dame. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. Carlos Rodon, he was uh, not uh, not good on the mound. He let things get out of hand early, allowing a two-spot in each of the first three innings to put the Yanks down 6 nothing early. He'd last just over four innings, allowing those six runs on four hits. And with the way the bats are going, that was more than enough to ensure another loss for New York. They've lost four straight and nine of 11, and now sit three and a half games back of the final AL wildcard spot. They get a very undeserved day off today before coming home and opening up a three-game set with the KC Royals starting tomorrow night at the stadium. And New York football Giants running back Saquon Barkley said on the Money Matters podcast that he has considered not playing for the G-Men this season amid his stalemate with the team over a long-term contract. Here's part of what Barkley had to say. I'd say f- you to the Giants. I'd say f- to my teammates and be like, I'm wow. going to show you my words. I'm yeah. going to show you how, much, how valuable I am to the team. I won't show up. That's a play I can use. Yeah, I guess that is a play he could use. Minus the profanity, maybe? Wow. I, I mean, yeah, that's not going to work out well for him. No, no, I don't think so. So the waters get a little rougher in that regard, Noam. The Giants stupid. and uh, Yeah, very yeah. stupid. The Giants and Barkley obviously did not agree to a deal before Monday's deadline, meaning he has to play under that franchise tender or, like he said, sit out. And finally, Noam, the Women's World Cup is already underway, kicking off with uh, New Zealand and Norway earlier this morning. I believe that game is over now. Team USA gets their title defense underway tomorrow night at 9 p.m. against Vietnam. 
And you were sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Allen. Go Team USA. There you go. WABC News Time 520. The President of Israel marking 75 years of Israeli independence on Capitol Hill yesterday, making a speech before both houses of Congress. A country fighting to defend itself, yet whose citizens continue to greet each other with the word peace, shalom. President Isaac Herzog there. Not clear why he was chosen to give that speech as opposed to the prime minister, Bibi Netanyahu. But uh, he says Israel's democracy still strong after all these years. A state founded on complete equality of social and political rights to all its inhabitants, irrespective of religion, race, or gender. He went on to thank senators, Congress, uh, U.S., former presidents for helping Israel negotiate peace with some of its neighbors. This is a peace anchored in trust, hope, and prosperity. A true game changer. There were some people who sat out that speech yesterday in protest of some of Israel's policies. One of them, Senator Bernie Sanders, locally Congressman AOC, did not show up. Uh, But Herzog did express his desire to one day make peace with Palestine. One cannot talk about peace while condoning and legitimizing terror implicitly or explicitly. 521. This is a strange story that just gets a little bit more bizarre by the day. Police revealing new details about that woman who went missing after seeing a toddler walking alone on an Alabama highway last week, then reappeared unharmed two days later. So this is the small town of Hoover, Alabama. The Hoover police chief there says they'll get to the bottom of Carly Russell's disappearance. This is the woman who disappeared for two days, then suddenly showed up and seemed to be okay. We'll uh, we'll figure it out, I promise you that. We'll, we'll end up figuring it out. So cops say Russell told them that a man jumped out of a tree and abducted her when she went to tell, check on a child who was walking on the street alone. But police say they can't really find any evidence of the fact of, that there was a toddler walking alone on this highway. And they can't really find any evidence that she had been abducted. So did she make up the whole story? Well, they're going to try to verify her story and review surveillance footage to see if they can find out anything. We're under pressure from our community, not only in our community of the state, but nationally when the story hit. Yeah, of course, because if there's an abductor out there, you want to find them. But it's not clear there is one. Police also say the 25-year-old search history shows she looked up times for a bus station, information on Amber Alerts. And uh, so there's more to the story, and it'll come out. Maybe she made up the whole thing. Don't know. Police say they're checking every single avenue. 523. The southern U.S. still experiencing sweltering temperatures. I mean, it's been bizarre here in the city, but not like uh, across the Midwest, west, southern part of the state. This heat dome, it keeps expanding. Reporter Blaine Alexander says beating the heat with a swimming pool is not even necessarily a safe option because it's just that hot outside. We're talking about temperatures, record-breaking temperatures that are plaguing more than 60 million Americans. Being outside for too long just is not safe. So daily records have been set for parts of the West into Texas. Seems to be no relief for Phoenix, Arizona, where the warmest, lowest temperature. uh, So this is the lowest temperature it's been in, in, in weeks, by the way. The lowest the temperature has gotten is 97 degrees. And that was at four in the morning. 
I, I hope the ACs work. And meanwhile, air quality is improving for millions as smoke from those wildfires burning in Canada starting to move out of the north and southeast. That's why experts are saying take this seriously. Make sure that you take cool showers. Don't use a fan as your source of cooling because yeah, well, that can give you a false sense of security without actually cooling down yeah, your body. Yeah, fan's not going to do much if it's 112 degrees, which it has been most days in Phoenix. And this warm weather may play havoc on the next wine season. Oregon State University says extreme bursts of heat can adversely affect wine grapes, turning them into wrinkled, dehydrated raisins. White grapes can actually get sunburned, and that makes them bitter. California's wine harvest starts in August, so it's too early to tell if this blast of heat will affect the taste and cost. When it comes to wine management, Wine America says, just like us, wine grapes need shade and hydration for best results. I'm Bree Tennis. NBC News Radio. 525, Florida's junior U.S. Senator not happy at all about a likely third indictment coming against former President Trump. This is not equal justice under the law. It doesn't look like equal justice under the law. It's not good for the country. Uh, it's not good for people feeling comfortable about our FBI and DOJ. And it's wrong. That's Republican Rick Scott says people who violate the law should be held accountable. But he says the Biden administration seems to hold conservatives responsible while allowing Democrats to get away with things. Under Biden, does things uh, that other people go to prison for, oh, not a problem there. But Donald Trump, you know, cut the mattress, tag off a mattress, man, that guy ought to get prosecuted. <laughs> okay, Scott says uh, that uh, he wants to call out Hunter Biden just like the IRS whistleblowers because he thinks there's more to it. Everybody ought to be... Held to to the fullest of the law, but you can't pick and choose. Let's go down to Texas, where lawyers for the state of Texas in court defending the state's abortion law. Amy Platzker with the Attorney General's office says if doctors are confused about the law, it's their fault. The intent of the Texas legislature in drafting its abortion laws is clear to protect the lives of mother and the unborn baby. A lawsuit is brought by women who were denied an abortion despite serious pregnancy complications. They're asking the court to clarify what situations fall under the medical emergency exception to the state's ban. I'm Trey Thomas. So there is apparently some good news when it comes to going to the grocery store. I've heard this from people that they've seen some of the prices that went up skyrocketed up over the last year or two are starting to come down just a little bit milk and cheese prices apparently coming down just a little bit milk has gone down in fact it at its lowest price level since march of 22 so uh david anderson he's with the agriculture uh, he's an agricultural economist i should say at texas a&m he says dairy farmers are producing more milk than before which is part of the equation uh, the current exception by the way is ice cream it's apparently more expensive than ever we're seeing a little bit of seasonal uptick because it's hot yeah, so uh, getting a tub of ice cream or a pint of Ben & Jerry is going to cost you more than it has in a long time. we got a lot more to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, sit in friends in the morning. Before we head out of here at six o'clock, we'll hear from an escort who says she was face-to-face with the alleged Gilgo Beach killer and what made her to decide to cut off that meeting with him. We'll also hear for the first time from the Gilgo Beach uh, alleged killer's next-door neighbor. In fact, it was next-door neighbor for decades, and there were some bizarre conversations he'd have with him. You'll hear that before 6 o'clock. There is no space left at the end. Mayor Adams says uh, the migrants that come here, 
there's no more place for them. We'll tell you how they're going to try to fix this problem and stop the flow. And an EMT last night trying to save someone's life in the back of her ambulance is stabbed by the patient. We'll get in those stories and more, but first this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 20th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today. Could see a pop-up shower. High 85 tonight. Overnight scattered thunderstorms. Storms low 73, and then Friday, more rain, thunderstorms too, high 80. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 70 partly cloudy in Bardonia up in Rockland County. 68 partly cloudy down in Bloomingdale in New Jersey. And it is 70 and misty here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in Midtown. An EMT stabbed multiple times by a patient while inside of an ambulance in Manhattan last night. It all took place outside of Mount Sinai West around 9 p.m. There was a fair amount of witnesses who heard and saw this EMT stab. And somebody was saying, oh, he got a knife, he got a knife. That's a knife he showed on the floor. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, yeah, it was scaring for me. So it was scaring for me. A patient was being taken to the hospital and uh, the female EMT all of a sudden started screaming for help. And I was looking at the floor and I saw the lady was on the floor. And then uh, some of the workers went inside of the ambulance and there's a guy inside was trying to, like, you know, Oh, trying to force and get out. And you can only imagine you're trying to save someone's life, take him to the hospital. You find yourself in the hospital. She is at the EMT at Mount Sinai Morningside Hospital in stable condition right now. Thankfully expected to survive. But it's hard to, to think that someone that is the EMT personnel going to be holding the ambulance. That is so difficult to, to understand. It is. Uh, the creep who pulled off the stabbing, uh, he is in custody. The investigation ongoing. By the way, so if you wonder, like, who would stab somebody if you're going to pick them up and they're having a heart attack and you're going to take them to the hospital, why would they pull out a knife? The EMTs in the city, most of the people they're picking up are homeless people. People on the side of the street who need help. So some of these people, of course, uh, have mental health issues. I'm guessing that'll be the case with this guy here. Uh, but thankfully, that EMT going to be okay. But terrible that she had to go through with that. 534, let's go out to Long Island. The Gilgo Beach murder case. Uh, we'll tell you everything we know so far. A former escort says she was solicited online by Rex Yorman. She's speaking out about the date that she shared with him. This was back in 2015. Nikki Brass says she ended her date with Rex Yorman early when she when he gave her a bad feeling during their time together. I had a really, really bad feeling. Like my gut was like telling me I needed to get away from him. So apparently at dinner, she says he kept bringing up the Gilgo Beach murders. And that's when she said, well, something seems off about this guy. And she told him, well, you know, you're paying to be hang out with me, but I don't want to hang out with you. When he talked about it, he would like speak in a they and hypothetical. But. He had this, like, smile on his face that made me really uneasy. 
two sex workers currently in the Suffolk County Jail had prior contact with Yorman as well and have audio recordings of them. This is according to the sheriff's office. The two interacted with him through various social media platforms. Yorman charged, of course, first-degree murder in the deaths of three women, uh, possibly a fourth. Uh, the bodies found along a stretch of Beach Highway. He's also considered the prime suspect in the death of Maureen Brainerd Brains. Uh, his next-door neighbor, I should say, Maureen Brainerd Barnes is her name, Her his next-door neighbor, who lived next to him for 25, 30 years, uh, speaking out for the first time, he says... Hewerman would appear over his fence um, and uh, he said one day he saw him come home with a metal door and he asked him, well, you know, what's with this thick metal door? What are you using it for? And here's how he explained it. What's been the most significant thing you've seen them pulling out of his house? Guns, one after another. But he told me back then, this is to protect my guns. Who gets a, a, you know, a, a door like that, a, a monstrous door like that to protect guns? So, so you're wondering what might have been uh, what else might have been. God only knows. Yeah. Right. So uh, he and his wife uh, said um, that they would speak to him daily. So, I mean, they, they knew this guy well. For something like this to happen and right, right under our nose yeah. is, is, is pretty shocking. The guy was odd and, and strange, but but never violent. So here's where it got really creepy. So the neighbors say uh, that he Hewerman moved in 28 years ago and that when he first moved in, he would look over the fence and try to talk to this guy's wife while she sunbathed in the backyard. It got so bad that he said he had to confront Hewerman and tell him to stop doing that. It happened so many times that finally I, I, I pulled him over and said, and we had a talk. We had the talk, and it wasn't a pleasant talk, but he stopped, and, and he didn't argue with me or anything. He just, you know, backed off. Yeah, so uh, he is, by the way, the neighbor says he's completely shocked about what Hewerman did, but he said, uh, you know, he was just, he knew. He said, this is a strange neighbor, but he said relations were okay between the two. And even after having to sit him down and say, hey, stop staring at my wife in the backyard, I can, I can only imagine what it would be like to have a conversation like that with somebody who's your next-door neighbor. WABC News Time 539. Let's bring it back here into the city. Mayor Adams trying to free up overburdened shelters as he urges migrants to flock to other cities. Basically, he's saying, hey, migrants, there's no room left at the inn with nearly 55,000 migrants in New York City's care. The city will start issuing 60 days notice to adult migrants that they need to find alternative housing. I don't know where they're going to go. Lots of people came here with no money in their pockets. This is the only way we can make critical needed space for families and children. We don't want to reach the point, and we won't reach the point, where families and children are living on our streets. Yeah, so part of the reason they're giving the 60-day notice to adult migrants is they need room for the families, the ones with children. He says the city will provide intensified services to help these people find housing. It comes as the city released a bright yellow flyer that told these new arrivals to consider helping elsewhere. But again, some of these people are showing up with not a penny in the pocket. I mean, others do have money, but the ones that don't, I guess they're hoping the city will take care of them. I don't have the luxury to sit back. Uh, The court system is going to do what the court system is going to do. 
I'm I, I am on the front line with our team. Yeah, he's asked Washington for help, not getting a whole lot there. Uh, the uh, the people working on these migrant cases and helping people find housing say there's just not enough time in the day to find new places to put them. That is, hundreds are still coming, by the way, by the day. No, we have a continuous flow that's keep coming over and over and over again. There's no, no end in sight. Yeah, and um, so if you combine the homeless and the migrants, I think we get a number as high as 105,000 people in New York City's care. This is the largest number of people in our care in the history of how we've managed this shelter system. Guess who's paying for it? That's right, you, the taxpayer. 541, um, by the way, one Long Island congressman speaking out against New York's plan to house some of these migrants at universities, even high schools. Republican Anthony D'Esposito supporting Hudson Valley Congressman Mark Molinaro's proposed Schools Not Shelters Act, which would prohibit the state from housing migrants at public institutions. This deluge has placed a significant, particularly strong strain on sanctuary states, such as New York, where Governor Hochul continues to place the interests of migrants ahead of students who we want to keep safe. D'Esposito says it's crazy that some of these migrant families and adults are being put in places like school gyms. Governor Hochul is seeking to expand this policy to SUNY campuses. You see, parents send their kids to school to be a safe zone. And it is incumbent on the federal government to do everything possible to stop it. Yeah, it just continues to be a complete mess. 542, a strike authorization vote by the theatrical stage employees could mean a big blow to Broadway. So we got sag after they're walking the picket line. The writers, the WGA, they're walking the picket line. So no new content being made for the streaming services, for the networks. Uh, now union members here representing more than a thousand theater workers are going to vote this week to authorize a strike. Uh, they're called the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. They say the workers are going to vote to go on strike against 45 shows across the U.S., 28 of those shows right here on the Great White Way on Broadway. It's called the Pink Contract, and it covers a diverse range of the, uh, theatrical professionals, including stagehands, hair and makeup artists, wardrobe personnel, and others who are, are just completely essential to uh, Broadway's productions, both in New York and on the Broadway shows that are touring across the country. So the voting has begun already among these members, a thousand members. It'll continue till Friday. The thought is that they could go on strike, and if they do... That could mean some of these theaters would go dark as early as Friday. And boy, what a disaster that would be for the tourism industry here in the city with so many people making Broadway part of their vacations to the Big Apple. Of course, we'll follow that story. 543, an NYPD cop being charged with assault, suspended without pay for allegedly punching a man while trying to remove him from a Manhattan Apple store. This happened a couple years ago. PBA president... Patrick Hendry calling the charges against Officer Salvatore Provazano a travesty of justice, says the unruly guy who was in the store was a repeat offender and that he also uh, is taking aim during, uh, I I should say, taking aim at D.A. Alvin Bragg for not doing enough to protect police officers here in the city. He's not on the side of police officers who go out every single day 
and protect the people of this city. Provisano had responded to this Upper West Side story. This was in October 2021. After complaints that a man was harassing customers, cops knew who this guy was. Provisano is going to do be due back in court come next month. And over in the Hudson Yards, a big rally yesterday. And their power. Dozens of dozens of New York. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Enough already. Dozens of New York City street vendors rallying to save their livelihoods in Hudson Yards. Immigrant and military veteran street vendors say they're in a face off with multi billion dollar developers who are replacing them with new buildings in upscale school uh, food vendors. We want to make sure that the vendors are back to work. We are back in business and we are not being displaced. Yeah, they, they say they pay a lot for those licenses, and they're being pushed out. These are disabled military veterans who can make a living here legally, but they are prevented by the greed of the real estate industry. Yeah, they're asking the city to come to their rescue. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellen. Dare I say, si se puede. No. Who? Si se puede. Fight the power! Yeah. Oh. Fight the power! <laughs> I mean, on. You gotta let it go, man. Fight <laughs> 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 Let's get on to sports here. No. The Mets get a little momentum going in the form of a three-game winning streak after their last night's 5-1 to win at home over the Chicago White Sox. Brett Betty opened up the scoring uh, for New York with his second home run in his many nights coming in the third inning. And he drives this one to center field. That's well hit. Back goes Robert to the warning track at the wall. It's out of here. Brett Beatty homers in back-to-back games. The first hit in this game is a Beatty home run, and the Mets lead it 1-0. A call courtesy of SNY. The Mets wouldn't need much more with the way Justin Verlander was thrown. Big red-hander registering a line of eight very strong innings, allowing just one earned run on three hits. They'll try, or the Mets that will, uh, complete the three-game sweep in this afternoon's finale with Chicago set for one ten p.m. first pitch. Jose Quintana will take the hill against Chicago's Michael Kopech. Now for the Yankees, who continue to produce just an inferior product on the field, getting swept by the Angels in Anaheim after their 7-3 loss in the finale last night. Carlos Rodon let things get out of hand early, allowing a two-spot in each of the first three innings to put the Yanks down 6 nothing early. He lasts just over four innings, allowing those six runs on four hits, and with the way the bats are going, that was more than enough to ensure another loss for New York. They've lost four straight in, nine of 11. Just abysmal. And now sit three and a half. Games back of the final A wild card spot. They get a very undeserved day off before coming home and opening up a three-game set with the KC Royals starting tomorrow night at the stadium. And here we go. New York football Giants running back Saquon Barkley said on the Money Matters podcast that he has considered not playing for the G-Men this season amid his stalemate with the team over a long-term contract. Here's part of the uh, testy quote that Barkley had on the podcast. I can say f*** you to the Giants. I can say f*** you to my teammates oh. and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I right. won't play down. And that's a that's a that's a that's a play I can use. That is indeed a play. I thought he was smarter than that, but apparently not. Apparently not. I mean, listen, you know, the longer cut, which you'll hear a little bit later on the uh, the Sitting Friends in the Morning program, he kind of, you know, he goes back on, not goes back on it, but he says, you know, people who know me know that I don't want to do that, but I have it in my back pocket if if I can. And he does. He has every right to do that if he wants to, but uh, if not, he's got to play 
uh, this upcoming season under the franchise tender, since him and the Giants did not agree on a deal before Monday's deadline. And finally, Noam, the Women's World Cup already underway, kicking off with the, the New Zealand and Norway match earlier this morning. Team USA gets their title defense underway tomorrow night at 9 p.m. against Vietnam. Here with sports on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Alec. Let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning, the biggest one that's going to affect your wallet, your pocketbook, the MTA board voting to raise fares. Come Labor Day, subway bus fares for single rides going to go up to two ninety. Uh, monthly Metro cards, uh, cards rather, going to go up five bucks. Strap hangers, of course, not too happy about any of it. Subway fares should be going down. They're dirty. They smell. So why should we keep paying? You want to keep raising rates, but the service sucks. But it doesn't stop there. Metro North LIRR fares will go up by a little more than 4%. Those MTA bridge and tunnel tolls, they'll be higher as well. The MTA claiming they had no choice, pointing to the fact that the last fare increase was back in 2019. The MTA chair, Jano Lieber, defending what he says is the agency's five-year budget plan, promising that it's balanced, hoping they won't have to raise fares again. We're not counting on complete elimination of work from home and hybrid work. We're making realistic projections of ridership. He says fair hikes will ensure a century-old system will continue running. That's what we're getting, is preserving the system where we're not dramatically increasing fares, which was what we were looking at uh, a year ago. Not dramatically cutting service, we're actually increasing service. State of good repair, which is a euphemism for making sure that our 100-plus-year-old subway and commuter rail system that wants to fall down to make sure it doesn't fall apart, That to maintain it in good working order. Yeah, riders listening to Jano Lieber say, well, you know, I, I still don't want to pay more. I have no idea where it all goes into someone's pocket, maybe. They should look and see what they're really wasting their money on. Price is going up too much. Your paycheck is not increasing. Yeah, that's the problem. Paycheck not keeping up with the cost of living. The MTA's Traffic Mobility Review Board also starting to figure out the exemptions for Manhattan's congestion pricing plan. The special advisor, uh, Julia Mickelson, laying out a slew of options for drivers entering below Manhattan's 60th Street. Or it could be anywhere from 9 to 23 bucks to go below 60th Street come next spring. Keep in mind that every discount and exemption, every time we give some drivers a break on the CBD toll, that will increase the t- toll rate for everybody else. CBD, she means the Central Business District. Uh, she says if they can clear out some cars from the Central Business District, it'll be easier for people, for ambulances, truck drivers, other people to do business. More vehicles means more crashes. More traffic means slower ambulances, police cars, fire trucks. It takes longer to respond to emergencies. Yeah, but drivers say you know, they don't want to get slammed with this crazy toll. That money will be used to make dozens of stations ADA accessible, to buy hundreds of all-electric buses, new train cars, new subway cars. It will be used to expand the network, improve service. So app drivers, you know, Uber and Lyft, they were out in front of this hearing yesterday saying, you're going to put us out of business if you do this congestion pricing thing and you don't exempt us from having to pay because we'll be going out of the central business district every single day. Already we are suffering. And to give us another fee on top of it, It's not only going to kill the business for the drivers, it's going to kill the business for the small owners as well 
because the public won't want to come into the city. Yeah, she makes a great point. This toll coming coming no matter what, just a matter of how much it's going to be. The other big story of the day is these IRS whistleblowers down in D.C. accusing the Justice Department of improperly interfering in the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes. One of the IRS investigators, Gary Shapley, leveling some pretty serious charges yesterday. Prosecutors concealed contents of Hunter Biden's laptop from investigators. DOJ slow walk steps to include interviews, serving document requests, and executing search warrants. Shapley says the DOJ refused to bring felony charges against the president's son, who recently reached a deal to plead guilty to two charges of misdemeanor tax evasion. Assigned prosecutors did not appear to follow the normal investigative process, slow walk the investigation, and put put in place unnecessary approvals and roadblocks from effectively and efficiently investigating the case. So what will become of these hearings in Washington yesterday? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Netflix has recently added nearly 6 million paid subscribers. It's all amid this crackdown on password sharing. If you're like my family, there is a lot of password sharing going on. The streaming giant said Wednesday that those numbers came during the three months ending in June. It now has more than 238 million paid subscribers globally. Netflix began its broad rollout of paid sharing earlier this year in an effort to get users to stop sharing accounts with others for free. Meantime, the company is also cutting its least expensive ads free plan for new members in the U.S. and U.K. I'm Brian Shook. A Florida jury going to deliberate now damages for a family that's suing McDonald's over a hot chicken McNugget. The family of then four-year-old girl was burned by the nugget, and they're looking for an eight-figure verdict. Are are chicken nuggets that hot? I can't remember the last time I had one, but maybe they are. $10,774,800. Yeah, the defense attorney argues $100,000 is a fair and reasonable amount for damages already suffered. Earlier this year, a jury found McDonald's and the franchise owner liable for not warning about the temperature of food after a woman handed her daughter the food and the nugget became wedged between a car seat and the girl's leg burning her. It's $100,000 in past pain and suffering. Yeah, so they're going to have to figure that out, that jury. Two huge blockbuster films expected to rake in major cash at the box office this weekend. Greta Gerwig's Barbie is projected to make between 95 and $110 million in its debut. Meantime, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer is expected to make $50 million in its first weekend. But the two opening against each other has caused a real sensation. Fans posting on social media, they're planning to see both and make it a summer double feature. There's even I Survived Barbenheimer merch for those who can't just have one this weekend. Savannah Sellers with more. According to AMC Theaters, not only is it real, but over 40,000 tickets have been sold already for the double feature. Tom Cruise even planning to go that route. I'm going to see them both both opening day. It'll probably be like Oppenheimer first and then Barbie, I think. Thanks to Oppenheimer's three-hour runtime, Barbenheimer fans will spend five hours at the theater. I'm Lisa Taylor. Yeah, three hours is a long time. But either way, it's going to be a huge summer box office weekend for the movie industry. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.